Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. you to come here under any misconception that this is going to be an uplifting 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, you, you see, the reason is because I'm getting a, a sense of fantastic power. I mean, real power this time. Genuine power. Would you believe it, Joe, that I got a call the other day from a guy who said, yeah, very important agency. And he says, we heard a tremendous talent on your show the other night. I said, you did? Because, <laughs> you know, there's only, there's only one person on my show. You know what? It could even be fake, you know? And he says, yes, we heard a tremendous talent. And we would like to know where we can get in touch with that talent. I said, what do you mean? You're talking to that talent. He said, no, no. He said, I want to hear, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna hear where I can get in touch with that, with, that, with that fantastic talent that you had the other night. That, that, that talent that, that, that sang along with the... William Tell Overture. That that magnificent talent that none of us over here at the agency have stopped talking about ever since we first heard it. It's, my God, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about Shepard's... his famous pet. He says, that's my pet. He says, what do you mean your pet? I says, that's Clarence, the singing chicken. 
Well, now, of course, now I'm faced with a terrible, uh, with a terrible decision. Am I going to have to go down to the Brooks Costume Company and, and rent a chicken soup? You know, <laughs> because he ain't going to accept me. I mean, I don't look much like a chicken. I mean, a little bit, but not much, you know, honestly. Do you agree, Joe? So I may have to go down and get one of those big green chicken suits, you know, that they rent down there, see, with the big yellow feet. You know, I'm pretty good at it, you got to admit. Well, now, you see, I'm going to, this is a, this is an object lesson for you kids out there. I mean, any of you happen to be kid types. Um, I'd like to point out that there's many things that you do that really bug the hell out of the people around you, right? Like, for example, you play uh, the Stars and Stripes Forever with a number two Ticonderoga pencil laid across your top teeth, right? You know this thing you keep doing? Or you have a, a one kid I met, for example, at uh, up in Rochester, at Rochester RPI, Rochester Polytechnic Institute. Uh, what did he do? His entire life was based around the fact that he had developed a technique with his mouth that exactly recreated the sound of a drop of water dropping out of a leaky faucet. He could redo it. It was eerie. Well, not taking him ten years to work on this ever since he was five. And now he he, he was the best water drop man in the business. He says his mother was out of his... You know, she, she used to come in and say, well, if you don't stop that, I'm going out of my mind. He'd sit there for hours, you know, with the... He'd go with the water. Sounds pretty good, but you should have heard this guy. Well, now, see, I encouraged him. I said, you're liable to become a tycoon, a billionaire. Nobody knows the day when you might be the only guy in the entire United States that can imitate a drop of water. And that day, they're going to all be sorry for what they said about you, and they're all going to go around pretending they encouraged you. Well, let me tell you something. If my mother heard this show tonight, she'd be out of her mind. She'd be out, she'd be climbing her bird. She'd be flipping out of the tree. And you know why? From the time I was five, I used to sit in the kitchen and go. Bark, 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 bark. Somehow I got. I, I love to imitate chickens. I get satisfaction from this. Does President Nixon sit around and imitate chickens? No. Does Johnny Carson sit around and imitate chickens? No. Does Shepard sit in his office and go, bark, 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 bark. Yes. That is what caused the entire sales department to have a total lack of respect and faith in Shepard. By the way, this can come in very handy, this sound. I will never forget the fantastic moment when I was in this platoon of guys. We're 25 of us, see? That's about a platoon, 25, 28, roughly, Joe. Sweating. Yeah, we had three squads, eight guys to a squad. And that we were out on a 20-mile march. We had this first lieutenant who was an exec. See, he was not the CO. He was the exec. And he was a first lieutenant you know, with the silver bars. And it was raining. It was raining from the time we left camp 
And now it's about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and we left camp, incidentally, before dawn even was considering cracking. I mean, that's the way the Army does things, you know. <laughs> I don't know what the hell it is with the Army, but they they just got this thing that... that the daylight hours, you know, time means nothing to them, you see. <laughs> nothing. So at 3.30 in the morning, you're blowing whistles. And, uh, we're, you know, we were in these tents. I remember, you know, the, the whistle went off one morning and got me. I was so asleep. I was asleep so hard. Have you ever been asleep? You know, it's like you've been shot, you know. And I was asleep so hard that when the whistle went off, the guy blew it off right in front of my tent. You know, there's about 50 little tents, you know, pup tents. He blew it in front of my tent. And went, you know, the whistle went off. And I jumped up and stood up. Well, that's in a three-and-a-half-foot-high pup tent. And, and uh, <laughs> I mean, the poles are flying. <laughs> Goldberg is under the rest of the tent. You know, the two guys to a tent say, and Goldberg says, what the hell are you doing? What are you? And the tent fell in on him. So there I am standing up with a tent hanging off my, my head. Well, you know, you can, you, can, you can push it too hard. But this, this, on this particular occasion, it was just a little much that after four-and-a-half trillion billion miles out in the woods and it was raining and raining and by the way it was also hot it was hot and raining dusty and you know it can be raining and dusty at the same time it was doing it well we're about about uh, about four o'clock in the afternoon we've been on the road now since about maybe four o'clock that morning and uh, all we had to eat was one k ration and i could feel myself actually you know, actually getting Skinnier and skinnier and sweating into my shoes on this 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 long forced march. When all of a sudden this first lieutenant turns around at all of us and he hollers, "Gas! Gas!" Well, now that's the thing they do in the army. You know, do you, have you ever heard him do that? Gas! That means you put your gas mask on, see, and you got, got to do an eight seconds flat, see. So up, up, of course the gas mask pulls it on. Well, now at that point uh, a gas mask. I, I, have you ever had a gas mask on? Well, they ain't easy to breathe through. And they're hot. That's the thing that gets you about them. They're hot. And what's worse is that almost all of us that morning had shaved with cold water. Because there was no hot water at 3.30 in the morning. Yes, I know, Jerry. We all of us shaved that morning with cold water. And, and, and now, this is a thing, a little subtle thing that may not have occurred to you. When you shave with cold water, if you're a man, you know what the story is. You shave with cold water, especially with a blade. We've been out in the field now for about eight weeks. No PX, and I was shaving with a with a razor blade <laughs> that you could you could seriously you could seriously run it right across your hand. You couldn't have cut yourself with it. I mean, it was a razor blade that was made out of like sponge rubber, you know. <laughs> and so when you shaved, you, you you were just you weren't actually shaving. You were you were literally pulling each whisker out by the roots. That's it. You know. <laughs> well, we had a shave because every morning we stood we stood uh, an inspection. See, so I'm shaving under my neck. Oh, that's great. That's where it really gets you, you know. <coughs> With the cold water, you got the water in the helmet, you know, and you're shaving. Now, they, now you think, well, what's, what's the matter? You know, use rise, aerosol, can No, no, not at all. Eight weeks in the field, and we have to use field equipment and field rations and all the rest of it. So there was a rule that says you couldn't carry around aerosol cans and all that jazz. So we shaved with a bar of soap. Well, now, GI soap is not exactly... Uh, it, it's it's it just just ain't exactly uh, palm olive, <laughs> you know, menthol aerosol shaving cream. No way, man. I'll tell you, it was a drag. She, I mean, which reminds me, this is W O R New York, and I'm shaving underneath that. 
Well, now my skin, everybody's skin, you know, we just, you just have this the real sensitive feel, you know, and, and your face feels like a gigantic cold sore, you know. In fact, you feel like you're a cold sore with feet walking down there, so we're slogging away, sweat running. You know what sweat does when you're, when you're right, you know? No, no shaving lotion, right? Well, the sweat is coming down, and these little red things are popping out all over me, and then that guy hollers, Gas! Gas! Oh, gas! Well, that means you pull this rubber gas mask over your face, which is already like, well, it's already like hamburger. You pull it over. Oh, God, did it burn. Oh, and the sweat, the heat. And then he hollers, Gas! Double time! Oh! That means not only are you got your gas mask on, now you're running like a nut uh, with the gas mask on. Now, it's bad enough. You know, it's bad enough just wearing a gas mask, but running after you've been marching for, you know, 2,700,000 miles in the rain and the crud and carrying a 68-pound field pack on you, complete with an M1, which weighs about, oh, maybe 100, 150 pounds, uh, you know, and uh, by that time, there's nothing in the canteens. We drunk everything in the canteens. And this loud hollers, Forward! Double time! Which means you run. So we're running like hell. <laughs> and everything is jingling up and down. <laughs> and I, my gas mask in the sky is clouding up. Now I can't see anything. <laughs> my skin. <laughs> and then, then he suddenly hollers. He says, Oh! Which translated means slow up for five and a half seconds while I get my breath, and then we will start running again. Well, we slow up to a walk, and I can see all these guys with steam rising out of their heads, you know, and little blood dripping underneath from where they cut themselves now, and the gas mask has opened it up. <laughs> and ahead of me, I can see Goldberg's pack is slowly coming apart, and his shoes are falling out, and the rain is coming down, when all of a sudden, out of the crowd, all the gas masks, in the silence, as the lieutenant looked us over, muffled by the gas mask, came the unmistakable sound. Looked around. And of course, with gas masks, everybody looks exactly the same, like a demented Martian. I mean, that's one thing about gas masks. Great leveler. Put a gas mask on Lindsay, and he looks like anybody else. Why, oh boy. <laughs> I'll tell you. And, and out of this crowd of guys, you could hear, <laughs> muffled by a gas mask, but unmistakably the sound of a chicken. Now, there are subtle things. There's one sound that a chicken does when he's about to lay an egg. <laughs> That's a chicken laying an egg. That's a chicken doing something else. <laughs> well, that has meanings in the army. And, uh, Joe, would you please prepare a little, uh, nice little uh, commercial there for me, please? You have a commercial, please? Hit the button. Do you suppose there lives anywhere across this fabulous country a family that has never eaten at Mama Leone's? Maybe there is, and don't you feel sorry for them? Never heard the noise and laughter of our nightly crowd. Never saw their kids light up at the very color and excitement of our decor. Never saw our statues. Never saw our endless wine cellar. And not only that, they probably never saw a parade of food like Mama serves. 
Oh, sure, they've had Italian food before, but so what? They haven't had Mama's antipasto. They haven't had the cheeses and rich hot bread and the enormous desserts that Mama serves. And finally, they never, ever had main course of the close, and they lock it after you get in there. Boom, you know. There's a guy there who sits there with a helmet on, and he won't let you out until you buy a suit. That's Gramercy Park. And uh, he's doing it for your own for your own good, you know. He knows you should uh, buy a suit there. Gramercy Park. They're open uh, every day of the week, open to 7 p.m., Saturday to 6, Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and it's Gramercy Park, 64 West 23rd Street, third floor, 64 West 23rd Street in New York, at the sign of the big iron gate. Boom! Wish you give me a little echo chamber there. Can you, give me, uh, can, can you give me an echo chamber, Jim? Let's try that. Now, now watch. I'll practice old commercial. Hello, 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 hello. Oh, we're working, we're working, we're working, we're working. Groovy, that's fantastic, Joe. Now, just think what we can work up for Gramercy Park. Go to Gramercy Park and watch for the sign of the big iron gate. <laughs> that's the iron gate closing behind you. Going to buy a new suit of armor. Across the moat there. Now, let's see. Um, <laughs> somehow I like the idea of a guy getting uh, getting fitted for a new suit of armor. I mean, you know, can't you just see Sir Mordred standing there? He says, forsooth, it's pinching back here. And uh, the guy's got his uh, acetylene torch out, and he's making a little adjustment there. Uh, here's a spot that says all tags are to be done by live personalities only. Hey, my live personality, Joe? Okay. Hey, dude. <laughs> Go on over to Shoe Town, because Shoe Town's got it all together for you. You know those far-out Bridgetown flood shoes that the boutiques have, up to 30 bucks? Well, Shoe Town's got them. Now dig this. And this is on the copy. So <laughs> Shoe Town's got the very same Bridgetown floods for only... Little Echo Chamber, Joe. Twelve eighty-eight. Oh, that's a fantastic production. Shoe Town, twelve eighty-eight for Bridgetown floods. In sizes for men, just twelve eighty-eight. Now waiting for you only at the Shoe Town in Lawrence, Long Island, three forty-eight Rockaway Turnpike, or the Shoe Town in Oceanside, Long Island, thirty-five hundred Long Beach Road. Chickens, now that's a fact, and you put them into your yard together instantly, without any hesitation, like the first second you put twenty-one chickens in that yard, they begin to decide who's the chief chicken. Now, how do they do that? Well, like nature does everything else. The rough way. So one chicken stands up in the middle of the crowd and goes, bark, 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 bark. That means I'm in charge. Bark, 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 bark. That's an in charge quote. Now, not a chicken, over the one over there by the garage. Goes, bark, 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 bark. That means, oh, yeah. Bark, 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 bark. And the next, you know, the first one goes, bark, 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 bark. That means, I said, yeah. Come and knock it off. At which point, chicken number two goes, and they fly together. Very quickly, one chicken retreats hastily. Now we have decided who's the boss among two chickens, haven't we? And the other chickens are watching it. At that point, the winner chicken... Now, stands up on the back porch and goes, He is delivering orders to the tribe. Like, for example, when the corn comes out, I eat first. You, Fred, after me. And the Howie, you're after me. 
At the Mabel? You wait until everybody's through. Now, that's what he's doing. See? Well, now, one chicken is always one smart, you know what, chicken. Who will not take this? At which point that chicken goes. And the first chicken taken the back goes. What was that? I mean, did I hear a smart remark? And then those two go at it. Well, by late that afternoon, peace has settled over the chicken yard. There is no confusion, just like a well-run office. The office boy does not confuse himself for Mr. Bullard. There is a sign on Mr. Bullard's door, right? More than that, Mr. Bullard has stainless steel teeth. <laughs> and Mr. Bullard is Mr. Bullard. So, by afternoon, the chickens have settled down, and now they're happily feeding. Now, occasionally, some chicken may get a smart idea, but not very often. And as long as those chickens continue in that backyard, the 21 chickens have a very well-developed, a very well-established stepping order. Now, this is a little aside point. Once a chicken has been beaten by the head chicken, he doesn't just go down to number two. The next chicken takes him on. And the next one after that, he may go from number two all the way to number 21. So it's pretty humiliating being a chicken. <laughs> now, what kind of a sound does the number 21 chicken make? Well, generally none. <laughs> That's the quiet chicken you see over there by the shrubs, the skinny one. And the big daddy sits in the middle of a wall, you know, and that means where the hell is the corn? It's five minutes late. That's what that chicken is saying. Do you have a goodie for us in there? No, I think you don't. I have. Speaking of corn here, we have Kasha. <laughs> I don't know how I... It's hard to believe that a food like Kasha can be hundreds of years old. You know, I sit around often just... I can't believe that. You know, it often hits me. I say to myself, how can Kasha be hundreds of years old? Well, uh, I'm continually surprised at that. I really am. And uh, I'm, I'm especially surprised to find that Kasha, Wolf's Kasha in particular, is older than all the rest. I mean, it's a magnificent Kasha that stands like that number one chicken amid the... Uh, Shepherd, you're no damn good. By the way, uh, uh, speaking of birds, I have a note here from the September 1972 Linguarian which is a you know it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a magazine for official psychologists Victor Frankel the psychiatrist tells a story of a man who tried to teach his parrot to call him daddy <laughs> even after repeated threats and much rough treatment the parrot would not come across would not call him daddy well finally in punishment the man put the parrot in the chicken house overnight and there he found him. <laughs> he's all right. You're not going to act like a parrot. You're a damn chicken. He put him in the chicken house. <laughs> and in the morning, he found his parrot surrounded by chicken feathers, throttling the last chicken. And he's hollering as he's throttling him, Call me daddy! <laughs> I just thought you ought to know there's just bad stuff everywhere you look. <laughs> uh. Now, think carefully about that. All right, please. Would you please give me a little more of that, please? Come on, give me something else I can show. 
Yeah, give me, give me my music. There you go, Joe. I knew I'd catch you off base, but God, where do you hear this chicken? <laughs> Boy, he's sneaking in. That's it. See, he's getting warmed up. See, he's hearing this thing. You notice he's got a fantastic beat? That's the one thing he has got. It's very subtle. He doesn't just come on and hit the beat there. Let's see. we got another uh, general tire we ought to lay on you, I suppose. Since uh, we, uh, you know, after all, that's what we're here. Ah! Oh, studio's on fire, huh? <laughs> Did you know that that's the way they, they made the sound of fire in radio? Let's show them how that works. Watch. Uh, in the days of the uh, sound effects men, the way a fire was made to sound like a fire, or at least theoretically, was like this. They... Now, you got to have somebody... You know that, that there were people in, the, in that field, in fact, even today, in the, in the movie soundtrack. You know that a lot of actresses can't scream well. No, I'm, t- I'm very serious. They cannot scream well. And, and uh, there are people in Hollywood who dub screams for actresses. Yeah, a lot of people scream. It sounds like a crook. Or, ah! And that's no good, you know. That's right. You've got to have a fantastic scream, you know. So give me a little echo chamber there, you know. <laughs> now that, friends, is a scream. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> that was the sound of the sales department. But they hear Shepard's going to try another general tire spot here. No, that's actually the sound of the audience. Uh, let's see. We have here. It's all time. Well, I got so I was talking back to him. I really used to. He'd go. And they'd come running. And I, I discovered that by changing my inflection, I could really get them bugged. Yeah, I was like a rival chicken showing up, you know, and I am challenging the head chicken. I go, bark, bark! Like, you think you're so smart, come over on this side of the fence and I'll knock your hat off, you know? <laughs> well, this went out for, you know, months. And then I would sit at the kitchen table, see, and my mother would give us the meatloaf. I'd look down at the meatloaf and I'd go, fuck, 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 fuck. Meaning, what kind of mess is this? Fuck, 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 fuck. She said, now you, will you stop that? She said, you are just getting on my nerves with that. Now I've heard enough of that. Now stop that silly chicken sound. But then she'd go in, she'd be on the phone, see. And she's talking to her friend. 
Yeah, she's talking to this lady. Yes, well, I'll tell you. I was just talking. I was just saying the other day. And I'd walk past her. Bark, 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 bark. And she'd turn and give me this bad luck. It sounded like we had chickens living in the living room where the phone was. <laughs> and so, ever since that time, uh, the sound of chickens have been the sound of music to me. And uh, I've kept Clarence deeply concealed within my breast. And occasionally he'll pop out. Like when a particular revolting memo will come down from, say, Mr. Brown's office. You know, I'll look at that thing and I'll go, I'm right back there in Company K. I got my gas mask on and he's flipping. Sometimes I point it up at the, uh, at the, uh, at the air conditioning unit, see, and he carries it right up to the office. Bark, 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 bark. And they can hear it all the time. I saw I heard a chicken. <laughs> yeah, speaking, of, this is WOR New York. You stay tuned for Lester Smith bark, 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 and the news. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.